action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined today by Obi. This is episode 104, I believe, uh, of the proper episodes, um, seeing as we've been doing specials last few weeks. Mm. So uh, back to just chatting about whatever we've been watching, really. Um, and then I think, well, this is attempt number two at this podcast. So um, uh, I think I'm a little bit calmer about Mulan now. I was going to say, you were fuming. I know. I never heard you so angry. I don't know why. It was just a bit, I don't know. I was just like. I think you're, you're a bit miffed anyway about Disney Plus in general. I think that's why. I am, yeah. So when I when you told me that you had to pay $30 on top of your monthly subscription to watch Mulan, I was a bit like, I think it was incredulous. I was like, how dare you? What a word that is. Hey? Incredulous, what a word. I know, man. They put out the big guns. But yeah, I just think it's really cheeky that people already pay for a subscription service and they expect you to pay on top. I mean, I get it because they need to recoup a lot of money probably, but I still think for a film that's probably going to be released on there for free in a few months' time, mm-hmm. you know. No, I, I agree, to be fair. I think, well, not that I can speak for everyone around the world, but I can't imagine many people that I know, even people who, who, are, who I know like love Disney, would pay $30 to watch it. But then this got me thinking, so uh, do you think, to us, I think that, most people, I don't know how you feel about this, but most people aren't like me in the fact that when a film's coming out, I prefer to watch it in the cinema than at home. I think a lot of people do prefer to watch it at home because of like comfortability, you can pause and go to the toilet, you can put, do whatever, whatever. So would I think maybe people would be pay, willing to pay $30 for that luxury to watch the big films. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that's so expensive because, you know, I don't know how much my tickets in America are, but you know, here you, you'd pay about 12 quid max, maybe. And, you know, with certain um, meerkat movies or whatever it is, you can get them for like six pounds. So I just think it's crazy that you'd pay $30 to watch it a few months early. Um, I don't know. I just think, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And I mean, can you imagine if Netflix did that? certain films you know ones that it thought were going to do really well was like oh yeah you know you really pay us but um give us a little bit more like that and even we were saying um well i was saying i don't know if you'd agreed or not but like i feel like this film easily would have made a billion dollars i think like yeah like all the all their other live action remakes have pretty much made that much or thereabouts and this one um I imagine will be really popular in the Asian market, considering it's based in uh, Ch- based in China. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I imagine a lot of people would be will be on that. So, I think someone said they'd have to get. Um, oh, I don't know how much it was. Maybe it was like fifty. I'm trying to think of the mass. What's the mass? Fifty million subscribers to make it possible. The mass. No, thirty-three million subscribers. Okay. Get it to a billion. Does that make sense? Well, so you're thinking, so what per for a month? Wait, yeah, as, yeah. So I'm thinking, how many how many households basically would have to pay for it for them to make a billion? Is what I'm trying to work out. Right. How many subscribers? 
Oh, okay. And how much is it a month? Seven dollars. Seven dollars, yeah. Uh, I don't think that calculation's right either, actually. I'm trying to do, just work something out on my. On my. Basically, um, it'd be, it'd be whatever a billion is divided by thirty. That's how many people you need. So what's that? Yeah, thirty million. Thirty-three million. Yeah. Million people. I don't know how many subscribers they have. I think it's like maybe like 60 or 90 something. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Even... You know, Netflix, Netflix spends 150, 200 million dollars on films. And, you know, they don't feel the need to have to make people charge one off these sure. certain films. I just I mean, think it's really yeah. cheeky because, I mean, you know, there is a fair amount of content on Disney Plus, but. There's not a lot of new content on there. You know, they, they put Artemis Fowl on there, but that wasn't really something that I think they'd planned to do so soon. The same with um, Onward and Frozen 2. They were more out of, like, necessity. Like, the Marvel TV shows, which is the only reason I wanted to get it, um, I postponed, or, you know, for a little bit. The Mandalorian was shit. So... Disagree. Strongly, <laughs> we could talk about that. Um, but I just think, considering they haven't put tons of new content on there for one of the big films, for them to charge, you know, thirty dollars more, really is a piss take. It's like, yeah. So all right, so we're just gonna watch the old cartoons that you you did in the fifties and sixties. All right, cool. That's what I'm paying for, is it? <laughs> I think some people are saying that maybe they're testing the waters to see if they could release Black Widow on video on demand as well, which I would I would prefer to watch that in the cinema as well. But yeah, I'm like you. I like the cinema. I also feel like I'm less distracted in the cinema because I wouldn't get my phone out in the cinema and I wouldn't kind of just you know aimlessly scroll through uh, an app. Whereas at yeah, home. Same. Sometimes you do, even if you are engaged, all it takes is like, oh, I'm a little bit hungry, I'm going to go off and get to go, go to the fridge or whatever. Whereas in a cinema, you, you can't do that sort of thing. Well, you, you can go to the concession stand, but it's just a different atmosphere and a different mindset for me when I'm watching something in a cinema. Yeah, same. So um, if the only way you could see Black Widow when it came out was to pay $30 on Disney+, Plus, would you do it? Oh, uh, I think what I suggested, I would probably say like, oi, Joe, Glenn, Chris, let's all pay, I don't know, seven, seven dollars each or seven pounds each. And then we'll watch it at Chris's house. I wouldn't pay. I would not pay $30 just to watch it on my ones. No, no. <laughs> no exactly. Uh, do you know, even if, if it was the cost of a cinema ticket, then or even maybe a little bit cheaper because, you know, whatever, then. I'd be like, okay, cool. I understand why you're charging that money, possibly. But that, I don't know where they get $30 from. Um, mm. To the point where I would just probably out of stubbornness just not watch it until mm. it was free to watch. Um, but, yeah, that's just me. I've got a little bugbear about that. Um, I hope they don't start doing that. I feel like they will. Yeah. Are you really? Oh, I don't know. 
I think they're even talking about like um, a few things that they were trying to put out or think about putting out on video demand. I think A Quiet Place 2 was one of them. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and I think they were thinking else as well. But, yeah. The trouble with these things is, unless they're all owned by the same studio, they're all going to be on so many different platforms. You know, yeah. do you need to have Disney Plus already to pay the $30 to watch Mulan? I don't know. Um, if if I pay the $30 and then I end my subscription, do I still get to keep Mulan or not? It's $30. That's a rental, mate. $30 for a rental. So how much would they charge yeah. for a DVD of it then? Because a brand new DVD in HMV is no more than like £12. You know, Blu-ray you'd pay 15 20 but... 30 quid you're gonna you want a steel book with you know signed by god himself i don't know it's it just yeah <laughs> i don't know i think it's i think it's incredulous but hey ho um hopefully they don't start this trend because then i will end up being really far behind on all the, all the films because you know say I don't know what James Bond say. Sony were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to release it on some other platform." You're just going to have oh god, so many different, um, yeah, services or or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we've already got that issue with all these new streaming platforms coming out and stuff. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I think maybe thinking about it, maybe the thirty dollars is like you said because it's going to be households, mm. you know. So, like, mum and dad or whatever will pay $30 and then their children can see it. Whereas they probably would have spent more than that, you know, on cinema tickets. So, yeah. I hadn't actually considered that. But for, for, for like, single viewers like us, we've been shafted. Um, so, yeah, oh, I don't know. It's a sticky one. but And also, I don't want, you know, then the cinemas are inevitably going to lose out because... You know, they've already not opened when they could because there's no films for them to show. Mm. So if, if all of these studios start putting them onto their own streaming services, then you're, yeah, you're signing the death warrant for the cinemas, really. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to rush to watch Mulan, although I was... I would have seen it in the cinema. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to it at first. I thought the trailers looked all right. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I, I think it, it would have done really well. I know it's still opening in some markets, but I, I, don't, I don't quite know which ones. Yeah. Um, is there any other film-related news that you're aware of? Uh, well, I think we, we kind of talked about it early in the group, but John Wick 5 is already in development, even though they haven't released John Wick 4 yet. I mean, from John Wick 1 to John Wick 3, how much progression has there been? <laughs> I don't even know what the space, what the time space is in John Wick 1 to John Wick 3. Like a week, <laughs> maybe? They just end up being pretty much the same film, just killing different people. I pretty don't know. Much. Like, I enjoyed John Wick 3, but I came out of it being like, I'm not sure if it was super necessary. Yeah. I don't know. Right. But hey-ho, if they're cheap to make and they are profitable, mm. why not? I would, I, would, I would probably rather see an Atomic Blonde 2 than yeah. 
Atomic 4 and 5. Same. Did you, have you seen Atomic Blonde yet? I have seen Atomic Blonde. I really enjoyed it. Oh, you watched it for the Charlize Theron one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. The end confused the fuck out of me, but I enjoyed the film. Regardless. <laughs> I had no idea who's who the good guys were and the bad guys. Maybe that's the point. Everyone's got a bit of good and bad in them. Um, what else? James Gunn confirms the Suicide Squad has zero studio interference from Warner Brothers. Okay. I mean, to me, for him to come out and say that suggests that studios interfere quite a lot then <laughs> well it, notoriously they do for DC films don't they so there's always people complaining that this, this isn't like the movie that I wanted I said people it's only really David Ayer and um, Zack Snyder yeah but... okay so in in five years time he can't come out and go there's a gun cut of Suicide Squad because he's a, he, you know <laughs> he's come out and said that so he can't turn yeah. around if the film flops and go Oh yeah, but you know that this studio exec told me to do this. I mean, okay. I mean, it's it sort of was like one of those things that you sort of presume. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> you would though. Yeah, you would just think, oh yeah, like you wouldn't think that they do. You wouldn't think that studios have that much. I wouldn't say control because obviously they do have control, but you wouldn't think that they would just kind of put their their thing in willy nilly kind of thing. I guess it's like if the next American election, Trump wins and he goes, this was not done with a Russian interference. Then you'd be like, yeah, we're sort of presuming that anyway, mate. But (laughs) the fact that you've gone out of your way to say it makes me wonder. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I was like, okay, well. Literally. It's strange. We have not had like a proper release for ages. No, it's killing me, honestly. It's weird. I mean... The fact that they've sent some straight to Disney Plus, like Artemis Fowl, makes me think, okay, well, <laughs> clearly wasn't going to be very good anyway. Um, I would have watched watch... it. You would have watched it. I would have watched it, yeah. You have Disney Plus, though, right? Yeah. I'm not so... watching it on Disney Plus, though. But I would have gone cinema for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get yourself a nice big TV, mate. I mean, it won't... I don't think a big TV would fit in my bedroom currently. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else? There wasn't one other thing. It's not really linked to film. Well, yeah, no, it's not really linked to film. But, um, you know the Marvel Avengers game that's coming up? Yes. So, I think if you have a PlayStation, uh, you can... So, exclusively on PlayStation, you'll be able to play with Spider-Man as a, uh, as a playable character, but you can't on Xbox or any other platform, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Yes. There's always the eternal debate of, you know, which which console should I get? Because I had a PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and then I bought an Xbox 360, mm-hmm. and now an Xbox One. So, yeah, w- what are your thoughts on that then? Because obviously the Spider-Man characters are owned by um, Sony, who obviously yeah. make PlayStation. Um. I don't know what are my thoughts. Well, to be honest, I have both consoles, so it's not it's not an issue for me. But I just think I don't know. I just feel like everyone should be able to, like, regardless of your console, I feel like everyone should be able to. Play. I think it's kind of a bit it's a bit raw. Like, and I don't think like, not many people are gonna. Well, not that I know, but I feel like not many people are gonna go out and buy a PS4 or a PS5 just so they can play with one character on one game, or maybe they will. But know. then, 
on the flip side, wasn't the there was a there was a Spider-Man game that was a PS4 exclusive. That's true. So I mean, you've always had exclusives like Halo is Xbox exclusive. Mm. Um, I think I'm right in saying Gears of War was. So you're all you always do get like this game is owned or exclusive to this console because we own the developer, whatever. There's always been that, and I mean I. And like you, in you know, it sh- should be irrespective of whatever console you have, you should be able to play the, any game. But then, you know, I get. I guess for Sony, they they make a lot of money from the fact that they own Spider Man. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's one of those things. It's sort of like if you have both consoles, you're now going to buy the PS5 version. Exactly. Four version rather than the Xbox One, so yeah, I mean it is it is a shame. Um, I wonder. I mean, there's not really anything Microsoft can do to, to counteract that, can they? Unless they buy Disney or something, <laughs> and just be like fuck you. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's also this. It's not the same as like different streaming services, but you know. Disney Plus for taking things off of other subscription services they had because you know it's like well we own them we want you to use our service so you're not going to be able to have it anywhere else so yeah but I mean video games I think have always been slightly different I, I, I think this is one of the first incidents of you know, a non-exclusive game having an exclusive feature just for one console mm. um but I'm not clued up on video games, so I might be completely wrong. Um, well, there was kind of the thing where they had, um, this is like small, but um, on FIFA, I think I think they had Legends on FIFA Ultimate Team on Xbox before they had it on PS4, I think. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Like a similar, similar sort of aspect of it. Mm. But then they eventually did get the Legends on PS4, so. Okay, that's interesting. So, I mean, I would, yeah, if it was like, you can get Spider-Man three months early if you've got PlayStation. That would, you know, I get that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, don't know, I wonder if it, is it just Spider-Man or is it like all of the associated Spider-Man characters? That's a good question, actually. I don't know. I think I think it's just Spider-Man. That's all I've heard, anyway. Um, okay. And I don't think there's any. Like I'm sure I'm well, I'm assuming there's not going to be any Spider-Man related characters in that game other than Spider-Man. I could be completely wrong, but I don't know to be honest with you. Are you going to get that Avengers game? Uh, no, it looks shit. Oh, does it? <laughs> you know, I I think it looks fucking rubbish personally. It, what what and look? What about it looks rubbish? I just think it doesn't look like a game that you would want to that you play on a next-gen console like a PS5 or whatever the Xbox is called, and like. I think it just looks really bog standard. I think anyway, even in terms of graphics and in terms of like the gameplay that I've seen. Not that I'm a, I'm not a massive gamer in any way, shape, or form. I'm probably the least gamey person uh, on the podcast, probably. So my opinion means absolutely fuck all. But to me, it <laughs> looks like something that I do not want to play. And also, it's really annoying because they haven't got any of the voices of any of the actual vendors like from the TV show, and none of them look like them either because so i think actually they're not allowed to use their likeness or their voices so it's just kind of like these 
random people who kind of look like the Avengers, but it just looks like a ra- <laughs> load of people in cosplay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, it, it just doesn't look authentic to me, and it's, to me, it seems it's a bit jarring. But. I get that. I get that. Well, I mean, on the surface of it, I was, in, I was excited to be able to buy an, an Avengers game. Um, mm. But, yeah, I've, I've not kind of been overawed with what people's reactions to it have been. So I'm quite happy just sticking to my FIFAs. <laughs> Do you see yourself getting a next-gen console? No. <laughs> I mean, the only game I played FIFA. Yeah. I don't even play FIFA, really. <laughs> and even that pisses me off a lot. So. Exactly. It's not worth the ag. So what, sorry? It's not worth the ag. Oh. <laughs> what do you think I said? I, well, it's not something I want to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Glad, glad you cleared that up. Um, well, back to film and TV. Um, one thing that we've both sort of watched uh, is the f- Amazon film um, 7500. Yeah. Which uh, is a German thriller film starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is a strange premise in itself. Um, he plays a co-pilot uh, whose aeroplane is, is sort of uh, taken over by Turkish terrorists. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's quite a... Sh- you know, it's like 90 minutes. It's quite... Well, I find it really tense. Um mm. Because the director basically keeps the camera in the cockpit the entire time. So you've got that feeling of like claustrophobia, um, you know, really tight spaces. And and I think the fact that it doesn't cut away to any of the passengers and the victims, you sort of, everything that you feel is based off of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's acting. Um, yeah. which I thought was a really interesting choice because uh, it's sort of, it's not quite as if you're in there with him but at points it to me it did sort of feel that way like not quite POV but you know like uh, towards that um, so I mean how much how far did you get so I got literally I think maybe just over halfway I literally got to the bit where um the terrorist that that was tied up in the cockpit woke up, I think knocked out Joe, Tobias, I think it was the guy's name, knocked him out and then let his mate in and then that's where I got to. Okay. Uh, is there a reason you haven't continued watching it? I just completely forgot. To be honest, I was watching it on Friday um, whilst I was working. Shh, don't tell anyone. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got called into a meeting and then I just completely forgot about it. And I do plan on finishing it at some point, probably today. Be fair, because I was actually enjoying it. I think I was, even though like, obviously a lot is happening, but not a lot is happening, if that makes sense. So, but even yeah. though like, I was still like, I was like, oh shit, like what's gonna, like what's go, what's gonna go down, kind of thing. So I was still like very locked into to the story, and I think that is because partly because it was all basically all in the cockpit. So I was kind of like, because he, because Tobias was tense, I was tense, because he was stressed out, I was stressed out. I was like, fucking hell, like what, yeah. what are we gonna do? So, yeah, yeah, and because I've only it got doesn't, a couple things to say, but yeah, go okay. on. well, because it doesn't cut away, 
you don't have any of that relief. Um, mm. uh, yeah, so then it does help build the tension. I think it's really clever directing. And I think it's also, this, I mean, I don't know anything about sound design, but I feel like, because I don't remember there being any non-diegetic music. So no kind of music that wouldn't be yeah. outside yeah. the scene. And um, and then, you know, there's the, like the, the terrorists like constantly banging on the door to like try and get in. And that is just relentless. It doesn't like, you know, they don't kind of forget about it for like 20 minutes at a time. It's, it's just constant. It's always banging. So there's always kind of like audio um, stimulation, I guess. That's the right phrase. Um, so, yeah, it, it was very, very well done. Um, thankfully, I've never been in a plane that's been hijacked, but you know, um, I, I think they also he spends the first ten minutes trying to like make you believe he's an actual co-pilot. Do you know? What I'm, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, they yeah. they kind of seem to have done their research on you know flicking these switches and blah blah blah, and you know it's not just like he's a co-pilot, but he's also an action hero. Sort of like yeah. he's just a co-pilot. Um, ben, that's a question. Yeah. Did you feel like, so obviously the captain of the plane was German, I think. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his girlfriend was German, I think. I'm not sure. uh, Turkish German, yeah. Turkish, yeah. Um, did you feel like, because obviously they said, because there was a one point I think uh, the captain said something, 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 to, oh, Tobias, he's, a, he's an American. And to me, it felt like Joseph Gordon-Levitt was was. I thought if you hadn't said if you hadn't said that I thought he was a foreign like a German person but just speaking in the with in, speaking English because to me when he was speaking it didn't sound like like a normal American accent to me it kind of sounded like a foreign person speaking English did you get oh, that okay. or was it that? I thought it was just because he was like timid okay maybe yeah. quite like shy I think that was maybe, the yeah. kind of the angle they were going for um, but on the the nationalities i think it's a really interesting point and i might be reading far too much into this but obviously there's a lot of turkish immigrants in germany and i think that's quite a bone of contention um you know i I think i'm wondering if the fact that they're turkish muslims is like a socio-political comment you know, because they could have been from any kind of other Muslim country, right? But they make a point of the fact that they're Turkish. And so to me, from like a geopolitical like reading of it, is it, you know, could you read it as Turkish people take literally taking over Germany? Mm. You know, I think that's, I think there's something to explore there. I might be completely wrong but i think it's in, i think it's interesting um mm. from that point of view um because yeah i think that you know i guess like in in the uk you always get some people being like oh people from this country coming over here blah 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 you know so i think you can you can definitely read that into it i also so i did like the film and i i found it tense and thrilling but I was also a bit like, do we really need to keep seeing films about Muslims being terrorists? Yeah. 
is it not a bit old? Could it not have been? Could the terrorists not have been German? Could the terrorists yeah. not have been French, British? You know, it's it's like one of these things, and you're like, I don't know. Oh, let's let's exactly. I think I think we've even said you know about um before about films featuring black people fighting slavery. It's like. Are there, are there other stories featuring black people you can portray? Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a really important part of the history, but you know, it's it's sort of like okay, well, every time you see Muslims in films, they have to be terrorists, or every time you see black people in films, they have to be slaves, or you know, oppressed. I don't know. I, I, I was just a bit like, yeah, you know to me, it felt cheap. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, um, I might be a way off base here, but I feel like maybe in the director's mind, it's easy. It's just easier for them to justify uh, a Muslim Muslim terrorists, like why they act, like why they do those things. So their whole thing is like a lot of when they when Muslims terrorists are portrayed in film and TV, it's always like, oh, death to America, blah 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 blah. Um, people invading our countries doing xyz so we want to fight back by blowing up planes blah 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 blah. if it's a white person a french person then i feel like these directors aren't well clearly aren't people who are writing this aren't taking the time to think let's think of a reason why these people these people would want to uh would want to blow up a plane um or they they just go they just go if we're going to they're going to be terrorists let's go with the default it's going to be muslims because that's what we've seen every single year since 9-11 so that's yeah. the, that's the, what people will be that's what people are going to be expecting. So that's what we're going to give them, kind of thing. Yeah. I think they're not being uh, creative enough with their with, the, Lazy, with their choices. Yeah. Uh, but also the fact that it's a German film, like yeah. So again, it's sort of like yeah, it could it could, it could have been a like any nationality. And to be honest, I would find it more interesting if if there was another type of terrorist, you know. Mm. I mean, I, don't, I know nothing about German politics, but mm. you know, maybe it would, maybe it could have been someone from the old East Germany. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when we reunified, blah blah blah. You know, you, you, there's just a lot more that you can do rather than, like you said, I feel like by portraying them as Muslims, you don't need any backstory or reasoning at all. Mm. That that is just like that's like a a catch-all, isn't it? Sort of like. Mm. Oh, who are you? Why are you doing this? Oh, we're Muslim. So, oh, okay, we get it, and the audience get it. You know, which is again like an awful thing to, to kind of use, yeah. really, to be like. Yeah. That's the yeah. default, though. If it's not Muslim, it's uh, Eastern European slash Russian. If it's not, and then yeah, those are the, those are the two defaults for for enemy in bird commas in in a film. Really, you rarely ever get oh. You rarely ever get oh um, the enemy's Irish or the enemy's I don't know fucking from Kenya or I don't know. yeah I'll be yeah but imagine that an int- film about an Irish terrorist hijacking a Kenyan plane you'd be like whoa what's going on there <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that film <laughs> why is he why does he hate Nairobi um, <laughs> but yeah I don't know I mean so so you've not finished it um and, but you're going to so I won't. 
kind of spoil it, but you said you have an idea of where it's going to go. What what do you yeah. think is going to happen? For what, well, his girlfriend. Well, okay, so quickly, actually, I'll, before I say that, I just want to say a couple things, right? So, firstly, um, he fucked up. Tobias fucked up because it was me, and I managed to knock out the uh, the, the terrorist who entered the cockpit. If I'd managed to knock him out, I would have volleyed his head off of his shoulders. He only <laughs> gave him a couple. He only gave him a couple couple kicks and whatnot, and then just tied him up. Blah, blah, blah. I would have broken his neck. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I literally would have broken his neck. I would have yeah. volleyed it till my foot was sore. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so he I'll fucked up there, and, and obviously he come and then and let his boy in. Obviously, I don't know what what happens from there. So that's cool. Whatever. Um, secondly, if that's you in the situation, yeah, and he says, "Open the door, or I'm going to kill your girlfriend." What do you do? Well, I mean, his rationale was he's he's in charge of the whole plane, so yeah, the death of one person. That's ethics, is, isn't it? Yeah, of one person left many. But again, it's 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 a case of fridging. Mm. It's oh, yeah. let's let's kill this person's wife, girlfriend. Yeah. To motivate him to do something like again, yeah. oh god, you know, can we see something different? So mm. I'm quite there's conflict in my in my mind because you know I really enjoyed the film and there's a lot to kind of champion about it, like the way it was done. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance was decent. You know, it's a tense, quick thriller. But then when you unpack it and you go, okay, well, why is it German versus Turks? Why is it kind of Muslims versus everybody else why you know there's fridging you so you unpack it and you're like oh it's a bit problematic yeah. it's sort of like when you watch a Kevin Spacey film you're like ah oh, it was good but he's a bastard <laughs> you know what I mean you're like oh I shouldn't well you know so those are my thoughts on it um I'd be interested to see what you think by the end um but yeah, yeah. It, I think the, the best part, the best part of the film is, well, they're up in the air. So, mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting choice. Why Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt took that project or whatever, but he's a good actor. Yeah, he is. He's he's in another film that's coming out on Netflix soon with. Oh, um, Project Power. Yeah, that's it. I don't know what that's about, really. Presuming it's going to be sub sort of trailer. No, because He's those like... trailers on Netflix give away far too much. So that's true. Do you want me to I give don't... me the premise? Yes, please. So it's like um, uh, they people can take like this drug, um, and it gives you uh, superpowers for a limited amount of time. And um, I think Jamie Foxx's sister, I think a sister or maybe daughter either invents the drug or uh, has invented the drug or she's done something to it which makes her valuable. Basically, she's been kidnapped and Jamie Foxx is looking for her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, I think, is a policeman who's trying to help him find her because he, he wants to clean up the streets because not only does this drug give you superpowers but also gives you like a super high, so it's like a like heroin or whatever kind of thing. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'll watch that. Um, it's kind of annoying that we uh, we did a, po- a superhero podcast thing and then 
but three weeks later they've released the old guard and yeah. this. <laughs> They're like the boys, the boys come out in a couple weeks as well. Oh yeah. I mean, talking of um, superheroes, season two of the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. What What are your thoughts? You said you prefer season one, but um, what What's season two like? What's What are the merits? What are the downfalls? Um, so season two, yeah, I like it. Um, I think I prefer season one a little bit more. But season two, I think the sto- the premise is the same. They're trying to do, to um, prevent doomsday. But this time it's set in the 60s um, and it's all linked to the murder, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, I think the story does well in that uh, it tries to develop um, some of the main characters, I think, to try and get you, get you a bit more inside of them. So like um, Vanya, for example, in season one, I feel like I didn't like her anyway. I don't know about anybody else. She was just season a wet two, blanket, wasn't she? She well, was cry, crying and playing a violin like Sharp. Exactly. Um, season two she's way more likable you know she has uh, she has a better character playing opposite her for most of the series I think um, so I think that contributes to her being more likable um, I think they give uh, you know the, uh, Ben the ghost one they mm-hmm. give him a little bit more to do which I think is good because obviously yeah. before it's him interacting with Klaus and now I suppose he interacts with a couple more people as well oh does he? So pretty cool yeah Oh, cool. So that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, because his character is is strange because he's dead, and yeah. Klaus's power is seeing dead people essentially. So yeah. he is he's basically hamstrung with always being with Klaus. I mean, I've only watched three episodes, but it's going to take me a while to get through it. So fair enough. Um, I'm quite yeah. No, I think. Again, I said I'm quite happy to know what happens. To be honest, uh, oh well, I won't I won't spoil it anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, but um, yeah, so I think they, they do try to give a few characters a bit more like of development, which I think is really good. Um, and obviously they reinforce the characters who we liked last season. So like Klaus and Five are like their usual selves, basically, but just like they don't really, um, I would say their characters don't really develop, but it's, for them for them to, it's just more of the same, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not I like that, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I enjoyed that at the time, so I can't say can't say any different. Um, there's a couple couple twists in there, you know, a couple things that I didn't expect, like nearish to the end, and then also at the, right at the end as well, which I think is pretty cool. Um, obviously, everybody, well, I love time travel, so anything to do with time travel is pretty pretty sick. Um, and one thing I don't like though is uh, I think Luther was completely shortchanged the whole season. Doesn't really get a storyline. Slash his storyline is really shit. Um, doesn't I didn't, really. I didn't just, really like him in season one either. He's just a bit boring. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's a bit. He's for me. He's a bit of a wet blanket as well. Like I don't yeah. really. I don't. I don't root him in any way. All he is, he's just always just fucking lusting over what's her face, Allison. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a bit like, come on, man. Like I hope season three. I hope. I hope they give him something new to do or new to work with. I think because I think he's getting really shortchanged because I think I potentially would could really like the character if. He just wasn't such a such fucking wet lettuce, do you know what I mean? <laughs> wet lettuce. So um, does it set itself up for a season three then? Yeah, hundred percent. Because I feel um, like season one. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily set up another season. It was just sort of like oh, they flipped out of 
the apocalypse. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, I think it did because if it just ended there, I'd have been like, oh, what the fuck? Like, what happened? Did they did they live? Did they did the world explode? Like, oh yeah, I think it's out for season two. Be nicely. Okay. I hope. I, think it, I hope they have. I hope they they have an end game. I hope they know. Right. With five seasons or six seasons and done, right? Because yeah. I don't like these TV shows where they're sort of like, hope this season's good, and then it's like, oh, we've been commissioned for two more, and then then halfway through the second one, they get commissioned for another few, and and they just sort of then like, shit, where we're we going with this, where we're we going with this, um, mm. which I mean, I'll talk a little bit about Prison Break later, but that to me feels similar. I mean, you know, season one was about the apocalypse. Season two is also about the apocalypse. So, oh, okay. Here we go again. Well, no. the thing is, like, it's like a thing where uh, it's kind of like a, for me anyway, it's like a farm destination thing. Like, you can't, they keep trying to prevent the inevitable. So, like, one of the things that Diego says is that, oh, Vanya is the bomb. She's always the bomb. Um, so, mini spoiler there. But I think it's that's uh... a thing where, like, she might always be on the, be the cause of the world ending so we have to figure out a way to stop this from happening completely and how are we going to do that can we kill Vanya probably not she's super powerful but um yeah does that not get a little bit boring uh not for me yet I mean 20 episodes of Umbrella Academy I'm still enjoying it so can't say it has one thing I did want to can I just ask you something really quickly Diego yeah what do you think his power is I thought he could just like Throw shit really good. Like, Same. Of knives and stuff. Oh, I ain't gonna spoil it for you, but that's not his power, bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> In episode nine, you'll find that. Oh no, episode ten. Sorry, literally, you'll find you. Oh, something happens in episode ten. And I'm like, oh shit, that's his power. All right, fair enough. This makes sense now. Honestly, I was watching it. I was like, fuck it. I, I honestly don't think they've ever explained what his power actually is up until no. you see it in episode ten. Okay. Uh, I mean, is that like, is it something that he knew about or he was like, oh shit, I don't like Well, you, you assume he, do, the way, the way he, he uses it, you assume that he's been able to do this the whole time, but we've just never seen him do it. Oh, okay. I mean, so the, you know, about, you know, so season one, Pogo died, mm. the lady, the handler died, or he thought she died. I am getting a bit tired of, you know, characters that audiences like being quote unquote killed off and then miraculously they ex machina, whatever. They do some contrived narrative plot to get them back in. Is this the younger version? Because we're back in time, but he doesn't know who they are. Oh, actually, she had a metal plate in her head, so the bullet didn't kill her. Kill All us. right, cool. You know, it's just sort of like, you feel cheated. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, this is why I think I really like, and we've said it hundreds of times, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Apart from the last couple of seasons when Jamie would fake out die every episode. But, you know. And they brought back, and they brought back John Snow. Yeah, True. But, like, they would kill people off and you knew they were going to be dead. Whereas, for me, when I watch something and a character who's popular, whether they're villainous or good, I'm always in the back of my mind, like, there's some way they're going to come back to life. 
they'll get yeah. resurrected, they'll be bionically adapted, they'll go back in time, they'll whatever, you know, they'll find their son who, what, you know, it's just like, I don't know, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not a screenwriter, and if all of these screenwriters use the same kind of plot devices, it's because they work, and audiences are like, yay, Poe goes back, but I don't know, I just, I'm just a bit like, I know I'm very cynical, but it's always like, okay, well, you cheated me there, didn't you? Oh, mm. what are you going to do season two? Same thing as season one? Okay. <laughs> you know, um, to me, it's sort of like a bit less creative. But that's why I'm saying hopefully they have like a, an overarching end goal mm. of, you know, we know that by season whatever, this is where we're ending up. Because currently, it feels like they're like, oh, season one was really good. Do you know what? Why don't we just do the same thing, just different setting? And audiences will still like it. Um, I do quite like the uh, the kind of backdrop of the whole civil rights thing. Yeah. Um, but, and again, this is, because oh, I'm only three episodes in, but I'm thinking, I hope they don't fall into this pitfall of using Alison's power to basically alter history in that way mm. because I mean she would know how it all turns out and obviously it's not kind of perfect but for me it's to use someone's superpower is sort of like I mean maybe that is a, maybe that is also a food for thought like will injustice only end if you know it takes a superpower to do so but it sort of like undermines, you know, when she's like, let's do the sit-in. And then, then she's like, I heard a rumour, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, sort of, it's a, again, it's like a ethical question. But I do like that setting. Um, but again, to me, it sort of just feels quite repetitive at the moment. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm fully expecting Cha-Cha to come back at some point. Hazel, even though he's died in the first episode oh yeah, yeah. So, and also I'm, I'm just a bit confused about how I don't remember how did Klaus end up in Vietnam in the first so episode? in season one I'm pretty sure someone left a briefcase behind and then Klaus found it and it transported him to Vietnam ah. yeah. and then he got transported back yeah okay he didn't know he didn't know how it worked so I think it just one day it just transported him back after however many years in Vietnam. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I will stick with it, but it's going to take me a while. I think it's not one of those series that I've watched and I'm like, oh, we really want to watch the next one. It's sort of like because you're hard to please, hard to please peers. Um, but I guess on the subject of TV's um, Prison Break, which my sister recommended to me um and i've just sort of been binging at lauren ever since um so we're on season three now uh first two seasons are 23 episodes each oh my god these american tv shows christ but unlike agents of shield it doesn't take 22 episodes to get good so that's 
Whatever. That's a bonus. Ages um, Let me not talk about Ages of Shield because I'll get I'll get pissed off. Go, that's go, on go. the penultimate episode now, though, isn't it? Actually. Uh, yeah. That's on the penultimate ever episode. Yeah, I'm two episodes behind, but yeah, it's the final season. Yeah, penultimate episode. Oh, okay. Although they but, did a thing actually so quickly. Can I? I was going to interrupt you really quickly. So obviously, mm-hmm. you were saying about um, bringing back characters and stuff like that. So they did that twice with um, Phil Coulson. So he died, uh, like legit died at the end of season five, and then season six. Uh, they brought obviously they brought back the actor, but it's just a different guy from a different universe with his face, and then they killed him because he was evil. And in season seven, they brought him back as a robot. <laughs> oh, fuck off. No, I'm not watching this show. Oh, man, it's sick, though. Anyway. It's oh, everything man. I hate about TV. Oh, man. Ages of Shield. Oh, mate. I've never been... I've never been... Right. Sorry, it's a detour, yeah. Ages of Shield, season one, episodes like 15 to 17. I've never been more <laughs> exhilarated whilst watching superhero television than those three episodes. My goodness. I was so... Oh. I was blown away. Anyway, is it better than any at any point Arrow, Flash, all of those ones? Uh, I think there are certain episodes I think that are that are better. But I think the first, like I've said, like ages, the first two seasons of Arrow and the first two seasons of Flash um, are for me my favorite superhero TV shows in general, like seasons in general, over everything else I've watched. Okay. But if you ask me, if, is Agent Shield as a whole package better than the Flash, for example? Yes, and maybe oh. maybe not Arrow, but Flash definitely. Okay, interesting. Well, I can segue because both Dominic Purcell and Wentworth Miller are in Legends of Tomorrow, and they play the two main characters in Prison Break. So there's a little tie-in for you. Um, so. Prison Break it does exactly what it says on the tin, really. Um, it's The first season is... So the premise is Lincoln Burroughs uh, is on death row and his brother, Michael Schofield, played by Wentworth Miller, um, believes he's innocent. So does his ex-girlfriend, Veronica, who's a lawyer. Um, they basically think he's innocent and is framed. So Wentworth Miller... Uh, Michael Schofield gets himself sent to the same prison as his brother um, to essentially break him out. And uh, the first season's always, you know, it's like the trials and tribulations of, you know, he he needs this particular thing to do this to help him get out. And there's always an obstacle in the way and eventually it gets resolved. But then there's always at some point like another inmate finds out about it and it's like, hey, I want to come along. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a, there's a slight kind of, it literally is an ebb and flow. Um, but I think this is one of those shows where the premise is so much better than the acting. So like, when, it's just really wooden. Like the guy who plays um, Lincoln Burroughs, Dominic Purcell, I think his name is. Whenever he delivers any line, no matter what the line is, he does it in the exact same way. So, like, I feel like when I'm talking, even now, like there's slight 
differences in my voice, tone or volume or, or whatever, cadence. He he goes like this all the time. Michael, get me out of here, man. Yeah. Obi, I love you. Obi, I'm scared. I'm laughing. You know, it's just like, wow. <laughs> what fucking acting school did you go to, mate? Just a bit of bit of variation would have been nice. And yeah. even like Wentworth Miller, he's he's very like he's always frowning, he's always serious, and so you know. So the and, and the person who plays Veronica, my God, what is she awful, bad? Awful actress. <laughs> like to the point where um, she meets up with. Do you know who Frank Grillo is? He he plays, um, plays a character in the MCU, particularly Winter Soldier, Crossbones, I think. Uh, the name rings a bell, but I'm not sure. You'll you'll recognise him. He appears also in Civil War, I think. Um, but so he's so, one of the people who's like um, Hydra. Yeah, yeah, I think I know who's talking he's about. He's got like black hair and yeah, 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 strong jawline. Yeah. Um, yeah. like whenever this actress who plays Veronica talks to him, she's always like, but she's like the opposite to um, Lincoln Barrett's Over- overacting. Overacting. Like this, and you're like, are you having a stroke? You know, <laughs> and like her head as well will just jolt every time she speaks. Mm. It's like it's like I I don't think this actress does have Tourette's, but it's sort of like she's got a tick or something, and she's yeah. just always like moving her head in really dramatic ways. And I was just like, oh my god, to the point where every single time she was she was on screen, I would make some sort of comment about it to Lauren and Lauren's just like can you just fucking watch this please because <laughs> I couldn't watch her without trying to take the piss out of it because it was that yeah. bad and I mean yeah but whilst I'm very critical of the acting pretty much across the board um, and there's a, so much contrivance to it but the first season as like a premise I thought was really strong like, mm. you need to get him out of prison. And the way that, like, you know, he planned it and the way that he kind of adapts to, you know, the inevitable obstructions is really clever. And then there's also kind of like a subplot of like a political kind of conspiracy, which, again, I found really interesting. You say ethical or mythical? Political. Oh, political. Right, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, political conspiracy. So... So yeah, so like in the vein of House of Cards, um, mm. obviously not as good. But so I think season one is really strong. Um, season two is less strong, and I'm not going to tell you what season two is about because that will give it away. But um, season three is at the moment better than season two. Um, okay, but not better than season one. Uh, so far, no. But again, if I told you why I thought so, it probably give you a bit of a spoiler. So, so what I've heard, I think Chris has told me some things about it. Um, so like, well, I mean, unless you know that I've seen it, please don't kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me shut up then. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want you to be like, oh yeah, Chris told me he rides off in a dragon. I'm like, she hasn't seen that bit yet. Well, 
well, the friend feelings I heard is that they break out of prison in season one and then they have to break back into prison for some reason. That's the only thing I've heard, which which sounds to me kind of dumb, but fair enough. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, they do break out in season one. Um, season two is them on the run. Okay. The whole season, which does get a bit tiring. But How many episodes? 23. Whew. Shit. Yeah. I mean, it, it keeps you, you know, there's a, there's a cat and mouse element. But for me, it was like, wow, like tw- 23, 45 minute episodes of like cat and mouse. Yeah. It's it quite long. But, you know, if I stuck through it, then considering you watched like entire seasons where you're like, yeah, this is terrible, but I know it's going to get better or I hope it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're like season 15 of Legends of Tomorrow being like the last 15 seasons have been shit, but 16 oh, might be might be good. Oh, that is you to a T. But yeah, Legends so... Of is actually... What's that, sorry? Legends of Tomorrow is not actually that bad, but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, you'll, rec- you'll recognise the actors then because they're, you know, they're yeah, in yeah. prison break. Um, I would... It, it's relatively easy watching like you know um and i've we've been binging it so i would add that to your list it's on netflix there's five seasons so it keep you occupied for a while um, is there um isn't there a sixth season or am i making this up no so there was four okay and it got cancelled and then it got revived for one okay. season um about two or three years ago so uh, yeah, yeah. I want to give it a go. So the first two seasons are 23 episodes. Season three is 13, I think, or nine. And then, so basically the third season's shorter, I think because of the writer's strike back in 2008. I think oh, right, yeah. I think it came out around then. And then I think the others get slightly longer, but not quite 23 episodes. So, um, yeah, I would, I, would, I would recommend it. Season one is really good, so you'll, you'll enjoy that. Um, yeah. What else have what else have you been watching or? Um, I have been making my way through Harry Potter. Mm. Seen them before, uh, I presume. I have seen them before, but I was just thinking I love Harry Potter, so I want to watch Harry Potter. So I just bought all the DVDs because <laughs> just because I thought. Um, and yeah, still good. I was because I was thinking because I think I was talking to Alfie about it, and we were saying like what's your favourite Harry Potter and I was literally like, I can't really remember any of the films so I'm trying to think and I've only read I think three of the books maybe four of the books what? yeah I know I read them when I was, I read them when I was young and then I just fucking stopped reading didn't it? nah you need to read the books are better that's what everyone says but like my thing is yeah um, I would rather I would rather have watched the films first and then read the books but only because I don't like spoilers. I don't like knowing how the films end. <laughs> uh, okay, so you'd rather know how the book ends. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind watching the film and then being okay. Let's see how the book differs. Okay, this is different. This is different. Blah blah blah. Okay. Fair rather enough. than reading the books and obviously it goes into a, like loads of detail and stuff, but I know what the end game is, and then I watch a film like oh, okay, I know what's going to happen after this kind of thing. Right, that makes sense. I mean, the books uh, obviously are like some; they're they are long, and yeah. um, so there's a lot of like subplots and things which flesh it out, which I enjoy. Hence, why I always champion the Game of Thrones books over the TV show. Um, but yeah, so what, what what do you think then? How many have you got in? What what's your favourite one so far? How's Daniel Radcliffe's uh, acting? 
So, a couple of things. So, I've 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 watched up to Deathly House Part One, which I watched yesterday, okay. um, and I've noticed how much like like how well how I don't oh, I feel bad saying they're bad, but how bad the acting was from the kids in the first film. <laughs> like it was really bad. <laughs> I feel like they don't get much better. Like, what to us, I can, you can allow it when they're like 10 but when they're like 24 you're like you learn nothing in the last I think years? progressively it does get better I think I think Harry and Hermione especially I think progressively get a lot better I think as the films go on Ron not as much but you know I feel like they don't give his character enough to do anyways um, I never realised how little Malfoy has to do in majority of the films as well. Mm. Considering like it's quite a big character that like everybody knows. Like after the second one, he doesn't really he gets like one or two scenes per film. And I'm just like, oh shit. Up until I think Half Blood Prince where he almost dies because Harry tries to kill him, which nobody gives a shit about. Um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, other than that, other than that, um I fucking love Harry Potter man. I honestly I love the films. Uh I think they're sick. Um, and I didn't realise how short Danny Radcliffe was. Yeah. He's very short. Yeah. I found out the other day, he's like 5'5 five, five or something. I was like, rah. He's 5'5, five, five. wow. Jesus. Well, what one's <laughs> the best film then, do you think? Oh, I really like Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I'm that really one's sick. Secret. Yeah. Is that where they play chess? What was it? The no, first that's, one? that's um, Philosopher's Stone. Oh, right. But I like Philosopher's Stone as well. I like Foster Stone too. But I, I don't know why. I really like Chamber of Secrets. I think like the whole mystery of uh, him thinking, am I the heir of Slytherin? All that stuff. I thought, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty sick. And then the guy who... All the people who they get to play Tom Riddle, I think there's only two of them, to be fair. But they're all sick. Like They all have the very same like same cadence, same like similar like characteristics, very conniving. Even like you can tell this child is like a devil child. I think, yeah. <laughs> um, and my least favourite is Prisoner of Azkaban only because I don't get the time travel bit. It doesn't make sense to me. When, but, when's their time travel? Say again? Is that the time turner? Yeah. I just don't oh. get it. Yeah. Mm. I just don't get it. Um, they, they can only go back like 24 hours or something. Is that right? Something like that. They go back a few hours or something and then Hermione's like using it to go to extra classes or something. I don't know. I don't really care. It just doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Um, yeah, fleshed out more in the book. Yeah, I imagine so. So I might. Well, to be honest, I can't really be bothered to read the book, so I might just get like an audio book kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, Lauren's got them all on Audible. Yeah. Um, they're narrated by Stephen Fry. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, so obviously I, I read the books before the films, but I think I, my favorite film is either the first or the second because they are most true to the books because the books after the Chamber of Secrets end up being four, five, six, seven hundred pages long and there is so much like plot that just gets cut um, which you know is always my bugbear and what really annoys me is that the the, uh, Order of the Phoenix is the longest book at 750 something pages yeah. But it's the shortest film. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like with that as well, there was that film especially, and actually and Half Blood Prince, there was so much more that I feel like even though I have I've never read the book, 
I always feel like there's probably so much more to this Order of the Phoenix stuff that I've not seen in in this film kind of thing. And I was mm. always, I was thinking, I feel like I was left a bit lacking in that one. And also Half-Blood Prince, obviously I don't know how well you remember it, but like the fact that the whole Half-Blood Prince aspect of it is really, really minuscule. <laughs> like really minuscule in terms of like importance in the film. So I'm wondering, yeah. in the book, that must be a much bigger deal about the whole Half-Blood Prince thing. It must be. So, but yeah, in the actual film itself, I was a bit like, oh, like, oh, okay, Snape's Half-Blood Prince, sweet. What else? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the title is a bit of a misnomer, isn't it? Literally. But, uh, yeah. yeah, RIP Cedric Diggory in that. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, not, uh, you're not a Cedric Diggory fan? I'm not too bothered, mate. Oh. Harry all the way. But um, <laughs> I, rec- I reckon I'd be a Slytherin, unfortunately. Do you think? Yeah. I feel like I'd be like a... I feel like I'd be one of the crap ones, like Hufflepuff or something. Nah, you're not Hufflepuff, mate. I don't know. Well, I'll do a test to see. I think you'd be a Slytherin as well. You think? Yeah. <laughs> it needs rebranding though. Yeah, we do. Everyone thinks. Everyone thinks that people. Everyone to do Slytherin is like a good is a bad person. They can't all be bad people. They need to rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that. Market. Sorry. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think I need to rewatch them to be honest. Um, mm certainly quicker than rereading them. Um, what have I watched? I, I don't know if you've ever seen it on Netflix. There's a film called Being John Malkovich. No, I've heard of it. My God. That film is so fucking weird. Like, I genuinely think it would take me as long to describe what happens in the film as watching the film itself. Like, it's is one John of those. Markovich, sorry, is John Markovich the guy from Mod- Of Mice and Men? Yes. Okay, carry on. So, I'll try and explain it. I mean, first of all, I do think it's a really good film. Mm. And there are some, like, really funny moments, and I think it's really interesting. Um, but essentially, John Cushack plays this puppeteer, and basically he's like a really shit puppet well he's a failed puppeteer because no one wants to pay to watch puppets and uh he's married to cameron diaz um they live in this like really basically shit old apartment and then he sees it he, he she goes she goes oh you need to get a job he's all right fine so he goes and interviews for this filing company and it's on the seven and a half floor of this building and because it's a half floor everyone cr- everyone has to crouch to like walk through and it's like one of these like sort of slapstick style it's just it's just weird you know it's just funny in itself because all these like regular sized adults are kind of in this ceiling and there is I mean they do explain why but it's so inconsequential to like the, the plot of the film it's just sort of like hey this would be funny if all these ad- adults were in like a half size so, like, what, what sort of film is it is it like a comedy or I would it? Call it a surrealist comedy, yeah, because like the whole premise and a lot of the humours are quite surrealist. So he, he stumbles across this door when he's filing. Uh, it's even smaller than the rest of the doors in this bloody place, and he goes through it and he ends up being inside John Malkovich's head. 
for no reason, really. Just arbitrarily, oh, John Malkovich, and um, and then he, and then he's, and then he's like, shit, oh, this is cool. And then after 15 minutes, you get spat out by the uh, New Jersey Turnpike, which is like a road in New Jersey, and. <laughs> Then he goes back and he's like, and he, and he and during this time he's been hitting on this woman who um, works at another company on this floor, and he's like super pestering and stuff, even though he's married. And then he tells her about it, and she's like, "Oh, we can make money out of this." So then they start charging people money to go inside John Malkovich's head for fifteen minutes, mm. and this is weird. And then. Um, Cameron Diaz's character finds out that she can sort of make him do certain things that she wants him to do um, by like trying really hard and ends up having sex with, as John Malkovich, the woman who John Cusack's character was hitting on. And then she realises it's Cameron Diaz's character. And so there's this weird sort of like quasi-lesbian relationship. But through John Malkovich, and then Cameron Diaz's character is like, I think I'm transsexual because I like being John Malkovich, and and you're just like, oh, where the fuck is this film going? Mm. So I mean, are you gonna watch it? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not selling it to you. No, not really. Okay, so John Cusack's character gets really jealous because he likes the woman, and also she's now fucking his wife through John Malkovich. Which again, there's a whole kind of, you know, I guess rape allegory there of like, you're inside John Malkovich without his consent and you're using him to, you know, make love to this woman. But hey ho, <laughs> they don't explore that. Um, and then John Malkov- John Cusack's character basically finds a way of permanently being inside John Malkovich and basically ends up puppeteering him and. I think, yeah, it gets super weird. I mean, I don't even know how to explain the rest of it, to be honest. But there's, like, a subplot of, like, these elderly people who basically use these doors to, like, prolong their life by going into different vessels. Mm. And John Malkovich becomes aware that he's being used like that and goes into his own head. And then the whole world is full of John Malkoviches, and the only thing they say is John Malkovich. So he's, like, sat in this restaurant... And the wait is like, John Malkovich, John Malkovich, John Malkovich, John Malkovich, John Malkovich. And it's, you're sitting there and like, am I high? I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, it's super complicated. It's, I mean, I've butchered the description of it, but it's one of those films that you have to watch to sort of understand because it's just so wacky and trippy and like, so kind of the concepts are so convoluted that you you just can't sum it up in the way that you can with a lot of films you know it's not superheroes try and save the world it's not you know boy meets girl boy loses girl boy wins girl back it's man finds hole to john malkovich's head flirts with woman who has a quasi-lesbian relationship with his ex you know you're like Super weird, but enjoyable. So, if you get a spare hour and 45 and you want to experience the joys of 
what is being John Malkovich, then I would recommend it. I know, you know, from the description, you're going to be like, absolutely not, never watching yeah, it. It sounds like the sort of film I'd hate, to be fair. <laughs> Why would you hate it? Cause it's I don't know, it just sounds like weird and nonsensical. Like, it just doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I, I was sort of a bit like, it's one of those films that I was aware of, but again, yeah, I was a bit. Yeah, I've heard trepid- of it, yeah. Trepidatious about watching it because mm. I don't know what it's going to be like. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, this one you might like a bit more then. There's a film called Primal Fear. Did you watch? Have you, did I mention that? Primal Fear. I think, yeah, you did mention it. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, you did mention it. Okay, well, I won't kind of go into too much detail, but it's a film from the 90s. Um, but it's like a legal thriller which i know is right up your street um yeah. so like richard Gere is this um big shot lawyer like you know like the the celebrity lawyer he's on magazines and shit um and his ex is the what do they call him the state prosecutor or something the district prosecutor um and essentially this uh i think it's set in save Chicago Baltimore somewhere with like a big Catholic presence and this Catholic priest gets murdered um, and Edward Norton he plays an altar boy who gets accused of the murder and he's like this timid kid and he's like I didn't do it you know you've got to get me off and so Richard Gere's like right this is going to be the biggest kind of trial of you know the decade or whatever so he represents him pro bono and uh, has to come up against his ex, who's the prosecutor. And it's just, I'm not always into these legal thrillers, but, you know, it's got that, it's got like the kind of witty kind of dialogue, you know, they've, they're sort of like frenemies in a sense that, you know, it's just like trying to dig dirt on each other and throwing each other under the bus. And um, I think it's really well written. There's good scripts, good acting. Um, it's an interesting kind of plot because um, there's all you know dirt comes out about the victim and blah blah blah. So um, yeah, it, it's it's a really really good film. I would recommend it. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, but I can't really say too much more without going into to spoilers. But uh, I think it was Edward Norton's first performance, and he got a nomination for best supporting actor. So oh wow, that gives you the um, the scale of kind of yeah his performance in that but yeah i would i, would, I think you'd really enjoy that one mm. uh, i think i'm pretty sure i added it to my list on netflix so i'll try and put it on you know what my I list had is like so much honestly I, just, I had so much stuff to my list uh, but then when i come to think oh i've got a couple of hours i'll watch something i'm always like nah, not that one yeah not that one yeah <laughs> i have to be in a certain mood to watch certain things and yeah i think all of the stuff on, on my list is like quite heavy stuff so even yeah. like horror films or like, I don't know, you know, he- yeah, heavy dramas or something or like Schindler's List or, you know, something like it's like three hours long. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm not, I just want a comedy. just want a funny film. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the extent of what I've watched uh, recently. Yeah. What about anything else that you... Uh, I started watching Attack on Titan anime. Oh, Okay. Um, because I feel I feel like I should like anime, but I don't really. Why don't you? 
I don't know. I mean, I feel, I, quite, I feel like Chris and Joe would make, say that's a very broad statement and maybe you've just not found your niche. But I am in a very similar like vein to you. Like I've tried watching lots of different animes and there's something about them that I'm just... Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's just something about... Yeah, it's, like, it's just something about them. I just don't... I don't know. I, just, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Like... I don't even like because when I was a kid, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z and that, and I thought, "Yo, this is sick!" Like, and then I don't know. I just get to now, and then I watch Attack on Titan. Is not bad. It's all right, but it's not a thing where like I'm gonna binge watch this kind of thing. And it's only like twenty minute episodes, like, but I still don't have the feeling like this is so good. I need to watch all of it right now. Okay. Um, and like. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe if I spoke Japanese, I would enjoy it more. Are you but watching it subbed or dubbed? I'm, I'm kind of switching in between the two. Um, okay. Just like, some, like, so like I'll, listen to, I'll listen to it in English and then if the character says something, I'm like, that doesn't really sound right. I'll kind of like go back and then put the subtitles on and see what they meant to say kind of thing. Um, okay. Sometimes I feel like, I think I complained about this when I went to go watch um, the Dragon Ball film with Chris is that the English translation for whatever Japanese people are saying doesn't really doesn't always translate I feel like sometimes they say things and I'm just like that literally doesn't match what you're what you're doing right now or how you're supposed to be feeling and yeah also one thing that pisses me off yeah I don't know I, t- uh, I don't know if this is I don't know if it's insensitive or whatever but in anime yeah the Japanese voice actors they go Bear over the top, like bear shouting. I'm just like, big man, relax, calm down. <laughs> bear shouting every episode, shouting about something. I'm just like, can't you just talk normal, like in a normal tone? Everyone's just like, oh, it's so loud. I'm just like, oh my god, man, it gives me a headache. That's why I watch it in English because they're calm. <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. I think that's also like, I mean, I've seen some of the Studio Ghibli films. Um, they're on Netflix as well, actually. Um, like what they're called spirited away and mm. ponyo um and they are well they are they've got english kind of translations so it, i guess it is in a way dubbed um but yeah they the, the people they play it's like the little girls are always so screechy <laughs> and i'm like oh my god you're hurting my ears please shut up but yeah i mean i get it man I've never found one that that sort of kept me engaged. I, like I want to like it, and it's annoying me that I don't like it. You're gonna you're gonna watch the whole thing. Don't hey? kid yourself. You're gonna watch all of it. Oh, you're, well, I watch it. Test watching that's, it. That's for like, on Netflix. Yeah. You're persevering. Watch... You're, you're a perseverer. Got to give you that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have to give things chances. Yeah, there's giving them chances and then there's just watching the whole thing and then but being like, don't watch shit. it. It's not like I'm watching and I'm like, oh yeah, I hate this. Like, I'm watching it and it's all right, but I'm, it's just not. So like I've watched like, I think uh, nine episodes, maybe 10 episodes. So I've watched it and I'm not like, oh man, I, like I can live with it. Like if you said to me, you can never watch Attack on Titan ever again, I'd be like, okay, cool. Why don't you <laughs> then try and spend your time watching something you do enjoy? I try, I try, I do try to like, um, but sometimes I just like, I don't know, I talk because like, I think, you know, I think it's a lot of uh, on Twitter, like people always talking about anime and shit, and I think I just want to be involved. Do you know what I mean, I wonder what people are talking about. So I don't know. 
You want an invite to the nerd council, don't yeah, you? Yeah, man, literally, oh, yeah. Oh, he's slotting for a move, same. mate. <laughs> I need Not a tra- transfer, mate. Get me out of here. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys aren't paying me enough. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could go... You should try and get um, get a word in with me and Harold and create a, a cinema fracas or something. Cinema fracas. you <laughs> <laughs> right, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, watch. Give Prison Break like a few episodes, yeah. and um, maybe that can overtake Attack on Titan as your your binge. Oh wait, yes. Okay, so wait. So we t- we kind of talked about this the other day. So I said I wanted to give you something to watch. Oh yeah, give me something to watch. Okay. So okay, it's my thing. Prison Break then, or are you going to say something else? Well, I know what you're going to give me, and you, <laughs> you've already told me you don't think I'm going to like it. Yeah. So <laughs> I will give you. So, all right. I if you watch five episodes of Prison Break. Okay. I will watch two episodes of Warrior Nun. Okay, fair enough. Because yeah. I think you'll like Prison Break, but you've already told me you think I'll hate Warrior Nun. So. Right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Because I, I, I know for a fact you're going to hate Warrior Nun. Oh, <laughs> I, know, I know you so well. <laughs> I've just committed 90 minutes of my life to watching oh, Warrior Nun. <laughs> I like it. I like Warrior Nun. I don't know if, I was, I don't know if we've spoken about it on the pod. But anyway, but I like Warrior Nun. But I can why some people may hate it when they watch it. So I feel like he'll be one of those people. Probably because it's the same vein as like Riverdale and stuff, is it? No, no it's not actually, not really. Uh, uh, Riverdale was actually, oh mate, Riverdale's ridiculous. I stopped watching that. That's one thing I stopped watching time ago. I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> and my sister's watching it now, so I'm just like, you're in for like a world of nonsense. But yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, when we the next time we pod, I will have watched two episodes of Warrior Nun, and then we can oh. talk about. Do you know what? I might even love it, but I, I trust your opinion, so I don't... I hope, I hope you do, because I really enjoyed it, but, you know... I mean, I dismissed it straight away from the title, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Alright, well, that that's going to be my watching, then, for, for whenever we next pod. Um, and then, yeah, I guess maybe maybe we'll wait until Project Power's out, and then that can be, like, the big film that we talk about. Yeah. When's that out? Do you know? I think it, I think it's out in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Cool. All right. Nice one. Well, uh, the usual spill. You can follow us on Twitter at YSC Podcast 17, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. All of those accounts are not monitored. So um, please do. I kind of monitor. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> cool. all, those questions, all those questions we get um, but yeah thanks for listening and we'll uh, catch up in a couple of weeks keep it sexy yeah and you're hoping you're saying that